Welcome to Hearing God with Gary and Jane Berry. Do you want to grow in your intimacy with Father God, Holy Spirit and Jesus? Join us as we share insights and practical tips that you can apply today. Hi, I'm Gary Berry and together with my wife Jane, we host Hearing God, a podcast that helps people hear from God. Today we're looking at what if I'm scared to hear from God because I may not like what he may tell me. Oh, that's such a great question, Gary. I can remember as a little girl being really scared, or it was probably more as a teenager, being quite scared that God would want me to go to Africa as a missionary. And that really blew me out of the thing and put a barrier between me and God. Anyhow, before we start to unpack this, let's share briefly how we've heard God this week. Did you want to go first, Gary? Yeah, my often promptings or what I sense God's sayings often happens around my work situation because that's what I'm doing most of the time. I went to visit a client and we chatted about what needed to be done, that she was going to gradually get it done, but we would start doing it. So it was a huge job, but she couldn't afford it all to be done at once. Wanted you to come a little bit at a time. A little bit at a time. But then I had this prompting to go, all right, we'd do the work and she could pay us over a period of time. We did about four days' work there. She ended up paying for us at the end of each day, which was fantastic. But that's all because I had that prompting from God to, hey, why don't you allow her to stretch out the payments of it? And yet it was all paid for by the time we finished the job. Yeah. And it didn't put her under financial pressure. It was more it just affirmed to her, yeah, I'm to get this done. Yes. So for me, I had a text from my friend out of the blue. The only thing in the text was, so what tree are you, Jane? And I'm like, what on earth is that text? And then I went, ah, she's been listening to episode 12 and the prophetic activation at the end was, what type of tree are you? So I sent back, oh, I'll have to pray about that. She said, well, let me know. So I thought, oh, I really do need to pray about this. So I asked God, and the first immediate thing that came to mind was oak tree. And I went, oh, God, I've been that before. Really, I just want to be a nice, very abundantly fruitful tree, like a, a fruit tree, a fruit that you can eat. Can't I be that? Then I leaned into the oak tree and what God was saying to me through that and unpacked what that looked like. And the whole Isaiah 61.3, the oak of righteousness came to me and the planting of the Lord's splendour, the whole root system of an oak tree, the knowledge, the strength, the power, the firmness, flourishing, and just the multiplication from an oak tree and the shelter it provides. Yeah, it was really affirming. Yeah, but, I can really see that in you too, Jane. So, Gary... We have show notes on our website, garyandjane.co, that outline what we say in this episode, plus also Bible references and all resources mentioned. Wow, that's fantastic resources, Jane. Now, in relation to our podcast, it'd be fair to say that we want to give people some key principles that can take away that they'll find helpful. And for those that have been listening, you'll probably find that there's three key principles that we give each podcast 
But we just want to keep it very simple, the KISS method, keep it simple, silly. But I know that people have been giving us some feedback and finding the three principles that we give, not overwhelming, but quite helpful. So what's the first principle for today, Jane? First principle is our view of God and his character. God is a loving God who desires that intimate relationship with us. He's not this big, bad ogre wielding this stick and wanting to punish us. And so if we're scared to hear from God because we may not like what he says, that actually taps into our view of God. What we have to realise also is God sees the big picture. And I think from the Bible, a classic example is Jonah. So the book of Jonah is only four chapters long. And I think that explains really well, Jonah did not like what God said to him. In Jonah 1, God asked Jonah to go to the city of Nineveh and tell the people that God was going to judge them and destroy them as they were wicked people. In verse 3, we see where Jonah got up and actually went in the opposite direction, down to the port of Joppa, found a ship leaving for Tarshish, and he was wanting to escape from the Lord by sailing in the opposite direction, doing the very opposite thing. And then Jonah 1 goes on to say that the Lord caused this violent storm which threatened to break the ship apart. And the sailors, they were desperate. They threw all the cargo overboard to lighten the ship. Jonah ended up asking the sailors to throw him overboard so the sea would become calm. Jonah knew exactly that what he was doing was wrong. He wasn't being obedient to God. Sailors threw him overboard. And a fish swallowed him for three days <laughs> and three nights. Now in Jonah 2, we see where Jonah's praying to God and it's a real prayer of repentance, a real prayer of repentance while he was inside the fish. Jonah 3, third chapter of Jonah, the Lord spoke to Jonah a second time and said, get up and go to the great city of Nineveh and deliver the message I have given you. When God asks you to do something, it's really wise to obey the first time. This time, Jonah obeyed the Lord's command, went to Nineveh. Jonah gave the message that 40 days from that day, the city of Nineveh would be destroyed. What was amazing was the people of Nineveh believed immediately what he said and they immediately repented. The king ordered everyone to mourn and fast and pray to God. And then when God saw what they'd done and how they'd put a stop to their evil ways, God changed his mind and did not carry out the destruction he threatened. Now Jonah 4 shows how the change of plans greatly accept Jonah. Jonah obviously had this spirit of justice and wanted the city to pay for their evilness. And so he developed this beef with God and became quite bitter. And to me, it's a reminder to deal with unforgiveness before bitterness develops. And we may even have a beef with God ourselves, or we may really be disappointed in God because he hasn't come through in the past. We need to deal with that. And the quicker that we deal with it, the better. Now, Hebrews 5, 13 to 14, talks about when we're a new Christian, we live on milk, like a little baby, that milk. And then 
once you become mature, you need to get into solid food. You need to be really reading the Bible, getting stuck into the Bible, getting stuck into growing your faith in God and growing that skill to recognize the difference between right and wrong. But above all, our character is important and how we respond when we don't like what God is saying to us. Oh, I like that. How we respond when we don't like what God is saying to us. Well, if we look at what Jonah did, he ran away. Sometimes we can just stop listening. Sometimes we can just turn our back. What's the next principle that you want us to look at, Jane? So second principle, am I afraid that God is going to nail me of sin in my life? And I know when we did some training in words of knowledge, I always used to be a little bit scared that if someone was quite prophetic, then they might know that the most intimate things about me that I didn't want anyone else to know. And that always was a barrier for me that, oh, perhaps I've got, perhaps they think also, it may not actually be true, but perhaps they think stuff about me that may not be true or they know those intimate details that, oh, I don't really want anyone else to know. But Jonah 4.2, Jonah ended up admitting, I knew that you're a gracious and compassionate God, slow to anger and abounding in love, a God who relents from sending calamity. Now, we're all on a growth journey. My great thing every year is to know that I've become more intimate with God than I was 12 months ago. So, you know, around New Year, I often go through a list of questions and I'm trying to do that every month now, just looking at how's my relationship with God developed this past month? What would I love to see next? I think also, am I afraid God is going to nail me of sin in my life? If we have secrets, secrets tend to bring shame. But once they're exposed to the light, and the light being it may be talking to a trusted friend or talking about it with God, because the light being God, once they're exposed to the light, that shame doesn't have a foothold. The verse that comes to mind is 2 Timothy 1.7. For God didn't give us a spirit of fear, but power, love and sound mind. So, Jane, we just want to lift any shame off people now. Any shame that people are experiencing, things that they've done in their past that they know they've been forgiven for, any shame that's still hanging around. We just want to lift that off them, that burden off their heart, just lift that off them now, in Jesus' name. Yeah. And so whenever we give anything to God or get stuff lifted off us, we always say, God, what do you want to show, tell or give us now? So the opposite of shame, oh, what would that be? Peace. Peace. Yeah. We just bless you with peace, with freedom. Yeah, freedom. Freedom and love and joy because shame can really weigh us down. In Jesus' name, amen. Hmm. Thanks for that, Jane. 
So our third principle, our past experience may determine our attitude. Was it actually God I heard? So a past experience that we've had, like for us, we've had a couple of financial experiences in the past that haven't worked out what we would have hoped. And so that can influence us going forward. We can be hesitant to make a decision about finances going forward because of that. And we say, oh, well, what if what I thought was God, it actually wasn't God. And that's where making decisions, we need to speak with trusted friends who are wise and discerning. Does it align with scripture and the character of God? Well, some of the things like who am I to marry really doesn't talk about it in the Bible apart from, oh, I can't think of where the reference is, but it's don't be yoked with unbelievers. So you have to be yoked together. So even a mature Christian and a young Christian, not yoked the same. But definitely if you're a believer, then not marrying an unbeliever. Things like that. It could well be, is it my perception? Now, a friend the other day was sharing how she was a bit scared about this prophetic word that someone had given her. They gave her this prophetic word that they saw money falling out of her pockets. And that to her was like quite a negative word. And since then, she'd had all these huge expenses with her car and with her house and just a whole lot of things. And she was losing all this money. And I actually said, oh, wow, perhaps we need to break that off you, what you've heard. When people give you a prophetic word, it's usually the opposite of your current circumstance. And she said, well, my heart's desire is to have abundant money in my pocket so that when I meet people, I can bless people. So my pockets are full to bless people. So we prayed about it and I actually said, well, when they saw money falling out of your pockets, it may have been just the way they said falling out of your pockets. It might have been all this money in your pockets coming out and that's coming out because you're blessing people. So it was more the perception of what that meant. And sometimes we can perceive something, but it may not be the right way. It's good to actually ask God to just clarify, or as you said, someone that's wise, to get another perspective on it. And if we're fearful of what God may say and it's holding us back, it's worth looking into, and we really recommend prayer ministry to remove misconceptions, barriers, that fear, that sort of stuff. Now, recently we were with a group of people and we're just sharing how God had answered prayer in our lives. And Gary and I came away gobsmacked that most of the people in the room had experiences where God had asked them to do something and they hadn't yet done it. Now, some of those people, it had been 20 years and they were unsure if it was God asking them to do it, but the thought had continually plagued them over that 20 years. Others were, well, God's asked me to do this, but I can't see the next step. And we just went, isn't that sad? I do not want to be known for God asking me to do something and not being obedient. I actually love Joni Erickson. Tata, I think that's how you say her name, Tata, definition of faith. Great faith 
isn't the ability to believe long and far into the misty future. It's simply taking God at his word and taking the next step. Great faith isn't the ability to believe long and far into the misty future. It's simply taking God at his word and taking the next step. I don't want to be paralysed into not taking that next step of adventure with God. I think since we've developed a greater intimacy with God and just that reassurance of hearing his voice, yeah, there's been numerous steps, but just small steps that we've taken. To think that we'd be doing a podcast today, 10 years ago, wow. Yeah, we could not have even, well, there's probably no podcasting back then anyway, but we could not even imagine doing that sort of thing. But there's been a whole lot of small steps that we've taken that have really led us up to this point of taking this step. Wow, and I think that's something perhaps, Gary, we need to address on a podcast about how we've intentionally grown our faith. I've got a blog on it on my website, unlockingthegold.com, because I know that when we came back from Mozambique in 2011, a lot of friends commented to me how my faith seemed to have just grown so much. To me, it was just oh, normal. I now believe that God can do anything. Anything, absolutely anything. My faith is is huge. And I think it's obeying God quickly. So when he asks me to do something, I'm learning to obey God quickly and to step out and take God at his word. And I think there's a whole lot of various things that perhaps people don't obey quickly or are scared of what God may ask them to do. It may be because of fear, ignorance unbelief, lack of the fear of God or not realising the awesomeness of God, maybe because of sin or disobedience in your life, lack of intimacy with God, lack of realising and living in my entire identity as a child of God. Maybe unbelief in hearing God and needing more assurance or signs or a preconceived idea of what should occur. Maybe even you can't see the way ahead, so you feel a bit uncomfortable and need to sort that out with God or have friends brainstorm with you. So hearing God's voice and realising his desires for us flow from an intimacy with the Father. So when we're intimate with Father God, Holy Spirit, Jesus, we have an assurance of his best for us. So even when we're a bit timid about taking that next step, and it seems huge, God's plans for us far exceed anything that we could do. In Matthew 14, 22 to 33, we see Jesus commanding Peter to come to him. They were in the boat. Jesus was walking on water. Jesus says, Peter, come to me. Peter took a risk and stepped out of the boat onto the water. It was a calculated risk, calculated in that he took Jesus at his word. Do we take God at his word when he asks us to do something? Or are we sort of, oh, did I hear God correctly? Instead, do we take that calculated risk not on what God has said, but on what our mind tells us? Therefore, our calculation is based on our own thoughts and not God. 
I've found that most times God's thoughts on my next step are ones that I can't see in the natural. It requires faith to trust him and know that he has the best for me. That's where I love reading Hebrews 11 and just where it talks about the giants of faith and that how they trusted God at his word. They believed him and took risks. Hebrews 11.1, faith is confidence in what we hope for and assurance of what we do not see. Evan Roberts, a preacher that was instrumental in the Welsh revival in 1904 and 1905, emphasised immediate obedience to God. He would say that when we delay, we allow our mind to question everything and we can expect something different. And that's really important, I think, because when we do delay, we start questioning. And that's where it comes in. Is it God? Is it me? So when we just determine in our heart and thoughts and mind, yep, I'm going to obey God immediately, we get rid of that next step of, is it God? Is it me? 1 Corinthians 2.14, the person without the spirit does not accept the things that come from the spirit of God, but considers them foolishness and cannot understand them because they are discerned only through the Spirit. God talks to us spirit to spirit. How can we obey God immediately? Firstly, know God and his thoughts for us through intimacy with him, spending time with him, reading the Bible, confessing sin, loving God. Two, to purpose in our hearts to immediately obey God. Three, take that first step. Don't dally. Four, surround yourself with people of great faith. Now that may be in the natural or it may be like when we came back from Mozambique, we bought the whole set of YWAM, Christian Heroes Then and Now. It's a book series, mainly for sort of tween age kids, so like the 8 to 12-year-olds. but they really spoke to me. There's 40 books in the series about a number of missionaries and how they had stepped out in great faith. And that really inspired me. So I surround myself with people of great faith in the natural, but also people I read about. And also receive wise, godly counsel if you're unsure. Gary, is there anything you want to say? I've talked a lot. No. I think it's wonderful what you've been saying. Just sharing your heart, sharing, I suppose, to be on this journey with you over these last, well, really, we've been married over 30 years now, but especially there's been a heightened capacity to hear from God and trust and step out in faith over these last 12 years. And it's also been, I think the kids have been on the journey too, and that's been a very important part of this whole process. At the end of every episode, we have a prophetic activation just to help you learn and grow in hearing God. And today's prophetic activation is just turn your heart and thoughts to Father God and ask him, God, is there an area of my life that I've not obeyed you in yet.
And just ask God more questions about that. Just tease it out with God. Ask questions and, God, what do you want me to do about that? Now, also at the end of every episode, we both ask God what he would love to say to a listener. Gary, do you want to go first? Yeah, I just really sense that there's people out there that have been just struggling in this whole area of hearing God and doing something about it. And I sense that we know that God's a loving Father and that he is going to, through someone in this next week, is going to express love to you in practical ways and going to reassure you that he is your loving father, that he loves you. And so you're going to experience his love in a tangible way in this next seven days. And it's just going to affirm that nature of God's love, the father's heart to you. Oh, I can't wait for that to happen to me. I really feel to talk to a listener with grown kids, could be young adults or, or grown up, and the relationship may not be all that you have envisaged, hoped or dreamed for. And I just sense God saying, don't give up. It is not the end. The battle is won on your knees. So ask God what he would love you to be praying for them and what he'd love you to be praying for yourself and for the relationship. I just really feel to remind you of Ephesians 3.20. God can do immeasurably more than what you could ever hope, dream, ask or imagine. Gary, would you like to pray for us? Father, we thank you for your heart. Father, we thank you that you are someone that loves each one of us intimately. And Father, I just thank you for the freedom that you want to release to everyone. Father, you are someone that doesn't, dispense in fear, but you dispense in freedom. And Father, I just pray that you will continue to release your freedom, that people will experience your freedom, that freedom will just flow in the listeners' lives in this next few days, in this next weeks and months ahead, Father. I just thank you for the way in which you love each one of us and want the very best for each one of us. Thank you, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Now, we would love your feedback on the Hearing God podcast so that we can make sure it continues to meet your needs. So we've created a survey. If you go to garyandjane.co forward slash survey, garyandjane.co forward slash survey, and you can fill in the questions there. It'll take about 10 minutes. And an opportunity to win a $50 Amazon gift card, not sponsored by Amazon in any way, but we would really appreciate you doing that. Thank you so much for listening.